January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, and we're devoting two podcasts to discuss this form of modern-day slavery. I'm Renee Koa, and this is the Future of Risk podcast from Zurich, North America. Today, we're talking to Julie Bolton, Vice President, Middle Market Risk Engineering with Zurich Resilience Solutions, and Paul Pelizari, Vice President of Global Social Responsibility at Hard Rock International. When we recorded our conversation, it contained so much valuable information, we created two episodes. Our first focuses on the pervasive and often hidden nature of trafficking, blows up some misconceptions, and explains why many businesses may not realize they could be vulnerable to risks related to trafficking. Julie and Paul, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Happy to be here. Julie, I'm gonna start with you. Um, Human trafficking is a criminal enterprise estimated to generate $32 billion a year worldwide. Yet there are a lot of misconceptions regarding human trafficking. Can you give us a clearer definition? Human trafficking is defined as being the use of fraud or coercion to get another person to provide a labor or commercial sex. But the most um, pervasive myth is that sex and labor trafficking always involve kidnapping and force, which it doesn't. In most cases, traffickers use psychological means such as fraud, tricking, or manipulation and threats to get their victims. Another couple of myths that are worth uh, dispelling are that people often think that traffickers don't know their victims and that they somehow kidnap them. But uh, in many cases, the traffickers know their victims. And further, what Julie said about manipulation, they can be family members, they can be people uh, they've dealt with in some form of their life, and they manipulate them by by using bribery or shaming them, uh, lots of different psychological tactics. And another myth is that people who are sex workers through human trafficking, that it only applies to certain type of sex work, and that's not true. So escorts, for example, um, people think that that escorts are not traffic victims, but often they are. So there's a lot of things that are uh, murky in this world and, and are not very well understood or very well seen. Well, you both, in talking about these uh, misconceptions, touched on the fact that trafficking is not limited to the sex trade, right? It's it's not, Renee. Trafficking also includes labor and forced labor. And so trafficking can happen in everything from the farm to the nail salon. A lot of the um, human trafficking and forced labor does happen on farms. And there are nail salons where workers come in, they lose their passports, and they're forced into just providing services all day long doing nails it happens in other countries again with farming there was a big case a year ago with forced child labor in collecting chocolate goods so or picking cocoa beans so it's it's very pervasive in other industries and that's why understanding your supply chain is so critical and understanding the ethics of the companies you're dealing with is critical okay and you know, I hate to ask this, given the um, the dollar figure this generates, but how many people are estimated to be victims of human trafficking around the world? 
figures range from 25 to 30 million people worldwide with a quarter of them. This is the this is the real gutting part. A quarter of them are estimated to be children. And that is just heart wrenching. And Paul, can I ask you, is this all socioeconomic groups or is it targeted to a certain or just impoverished? It is it is not just impoverished people. Um, the common factor with human trafficking victims is vulnerability and vulnerability can cut across all socioeconomic. But one thing that that has emerged uh, given the COVID pandemic and with people being locked down and having uh, different social interactions or no social interactions is that traffickers have increased their activity where they're luring people online. And so this is where if you have you know, young people who are having a hard time maybe with online learning or their social networks have been disrupted and, and there's increasing mental health issues amongst young people, there can be signs of vulnerability that, that show up and, and they can be uh, more on the radar of, of traffickers for being lured online. So it is something that, of course, people who come from poor socioeconomic uh, backgrounds have an increased number of vulnerabilities that will contribute right. to their possibility. It is by no means exclusively just people who are um, more poorly off uh, economically. Okay, so where do businesses come in? When we talk about risks, you two are not talking about the enterprises directly responsible for the trafficking, right? Right. We're, go ahead, Paul. No, no, go ahead, Julie, please. It's critical that you understand your suppliers because the enterprise responsible for trafficking the victims can be very covert and it can be really misunderstood. We had a customer that one of our engineers was seeing once and it was a strip mall. And when the engineer went in, he noticed a hot pot and other things at the back. And he had said, this just doesn't look right. You really need to dig into it. And the owner of the strip mall dug a little bit deeper and called him back and said, my goodness, you were right. There was a false ceiling that they had put in and they were harboring people above the ceiling. And so going on right under his nose, he'd been in before hadn't thought anything of it and it was our engineer who brought light to it and it's really about understanding who you're working with making sure you're digging into and understanding your supply chain there's a lot of companies out there and tools that can be used to ensure that as you bring on new suppliers that you can do ethical checks i mentioned the cocoa bean issue child labor is not just happening around the world it does happen in the u.s as well um, there's been instances of children being forced into labor with cleaning and things of that nature in hotels so it's more pervasive than we want to believe so julie when and why did zurich resilience solutions begin drawing attention to this issue so zurich is committed to our customers our people and our community and it is something that affects many of our customers. Within engineering, I know it's something that I became personally passionate about, and it's an issue for our customers. So brought it to the attention of our underwriting leads and said, we really want to take this further and do more and develop some training and become more proactive in this. I hit send on the email, and in less than five minutes, I had 100% support and funding to go ahead with doing some videos to help our customers, especially in the hospitality industry, 
train and educate their employees on how to identify victims of sex trafficking. Can you explain what you mean by this affecting our customers? I mean, it can be a business interruption exposure. I mean, that was one of the things when we did um, the training for one of our big oil and gas companies, they saw it as a BI issue for them because they get their van camps, but they also have parents and they're like, you know, what if one of our key employees has their child lured away? I've lost that employee. So, you know, the risk, the safety manager, you know, when I proposed it for their annual safety week, I said, what if we trained on human trafficking? He connected immediately with what my thought was. And he's like, this, this has such an impact on us because one, we have an environment where we have these camps and things where it can go on. But he said, two, he said, this can affect some of my key players because they're parents. And if I lose a parent, I lose an employee. Like somebody loses their child, I've lost my key employee. And, you know, if that's what companies need to recognize. They may not have it in their supply chain, but it, it can absolutely affect them. Now, for both of you, I'm posing this question. I'm assuming the overwhelming majority of businesses in hospitality and other areas are not even aware that trafficking is happening, either on their property or through their supply chain. Are there consequences if trafficking is occurring in either scenario without these businesses' knowledge? They can be held liable. They can absolutely be held liable for it. And there are a number of lawsuits out there right now already underway. The Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act allows lawsuits against entities that benefit from human trafficking enterprises, even if they're not engaged in it themselves. And, you know, this is where it becomes quite a challenge for our customers in the hospitality industry. And Paul can speak to this because you can't be everywhere all the time. Right. And you can train and train and train. And it's just, it's very hard, especially with some of the emerging issues that are going on with COVID and some hotels moving to keyless entry on the phone where you can check in without even checking at the front desk. It just makes it very challenging for our hospitality customers to just address the issue. It absolutely can be challenging in operations for hospitality and hotels and casinos. That said, we the industry does recognize the role that we have to play. And so there are steps that we can take and training is a very important step for us. And when we do build things into like a culture of customer care, our employees are engaged. But there are many things that are challenges to overcome in this space. And so as, as Julie mentioned, COVID has created a lot of operational challenges for hospitality and hotels uh, around the world. Uh, having uh, you know full staff complements to, to be able to run a property uh, is an issue. And uh, other realities, and there's COVID protocols that are affecting how we run our operations. Uh, and the reality is there's other challenges that, um, that our businesses face um, when it comes to being on the lookout for things. So on the casino side, because Hard Rock does run casinos as well, we train our staff to look for signs of problem gambling amongst uh, our players. We have to look for signs of money laundering that may be occurring. For all these areas and vulnerabilities, we have programs, we have training that we have to do, but uh, it adds to the... Um, overall complexity of our business where we want our employees who are focused on delivering great customer care and running the operation to be looking for these things. Um, they're all just part of the things that we have to address as we build programs to deal with these issues.
Sure, sure. And I, I also wanted to um, add, if you could both confirm this or one of you, ignorance is not a defense, right? Absolutely not. It's not a defense. You, you know, customers and hotel operators, store operators, anybody that is working right now has, you know, most companies have an exposure. They could end up, whether it's in their supply chain or right under their nose in their hotel or in their business, they can be exposed to this, you know, and Paul mentioned some of the other signs and things like money laundering that they have to be aware of. So you can't plead ignorance, failure to report and intervene can expose a hotel to a liability risk. That's why it's so important for them to be proactive, to do the training and make sure that all of their employees are aware of what are the different kinds of human trafficking that can occur and create an environment where it's okay to report. I think that's one of the biggest mm -hmm. things is ensuring that there is a mechanism to raise a flag and to bring things to leadership's attention. That makes sense. And Paul, you've alluded to some of this, but I wondered what you think right now some of the biggest challenges are, and it sure sounds like COVID is one of them. Absolutely. COVID is a challenge for every part of our business, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, including for uh, any area where we're adding more responsibilities, more um, things that, that team members need to be looking out for, uh, for sure. But uh, I think one of the, the fundamental challenges with this issue is just the the hidden nature of it. People really do need to know what they are looking for in terms of signs that somebody might be being trafficked because traffickers are sophisticated in many cases and they're able to, to evade detection. Um, and also, and we'll talk a bit more about this when we get into the training, mm -hmm. but making team members aware of what not only what they should do, but what they shouldn't do in certain situations. So there's some nuance in terms of what uh, the responses are for us. And, and those are some of the challenges. Um, but we've been working, Hard Rock has been working on this, uh, developing our programming since about 2019. But of course, COVID uh, interrupted lots of things. But we are path to build very strong programming and want to take a leadership space uh, in this area. Terrific. And Julie, I wanted to ask you how long, and you may have mentioned this, apologies if you did, but when did the Zurich program begin and what are some of the, the key lessons you've learned since that program started? So we did our training video about three years ago here in Houston and did it in conjunction with one of our hospitality customers as well as the FBI and a local organization called Elijah Rising that fights human trafficking mm. and learned a lot by doing that. Learned a lot about how, you know, one, how pervasive it is and how people misunderstand, especially the sex trafficking side of it. You know, a lot of people don't even recognize some of the signs of when trafficking is happening. We did a van tour here in Houston and that Elijah Rising took us around to see different organizations and one was looked like a law firm, one was a nail salon, you know, then there were the strip clubs, but and the illicit massage parlors that were in strip malls. And so there's liabilities there. And 
in the time since we've continued to work with, we have our industry practice leads within engineering that are come out of the hospitality industry. They are experts in the field and they are working with customers right now, especially those in states where training is mandated to bring it to their attention, what's required in terms of that mandatory training. We're also leveraging ideas and best practices that are being developed by customers like Hard Rock, who can help lead the way in the industry with regards to what can be done. And I think that's when it comes to creating a better society and creating a society that is safe for everybody, those aren't trade secrets. So our customers that are working in this area to improve their operations and create training and awareness are always willing to share what they're doing so that they can help others also just make things better. That's terrific, Julie. And it's a great place for us to end this episode. Tune in to our next episode when Julie and Paul share some red flags unique to trafficking situations, as well as practical tips to help businesses and the public spot potential trafficking and help put an end to human slavery. Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you left a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let us know what you think at media at zurichna.com and join us next week.